2: Future. future. From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Beau. Straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell.
1: Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
2: Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. And now, here's R.J. Bell.
1: You heard it, I'm R.J. Live from Las Vegas, 200 FSR stations across this great nation. And it's a big day, big, big Friday yeah, pick Palooza, but it's the last time this entire football season there's four games in the weekend. At next week, two, and then one. That means only three left after Sunday. Let's take advantage. Also, though, just best bets are going to be strewn throughout the hour. We're joining studio, the pros who know, Full House, Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik, Sports Betters Listen for the Money, Sports fans listen to no more than their bodies, but you can't have pros without Joes. He's in L.A., he's Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, R.J., and yes, on a day in which we've got four
3: games in the NFL, we've got a quarterback making his playoff debut in the National Football League, and pressure on some higher seeds. What is the Vegas lead?
1: I can't lie. There was a little bit of contention on this one. Fezzik, we know what he wanted. Oh, (laughs) he (laughs) even disconnected it to say, I don't want to hear about my love of Jimmy G. But no, 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 that's coming soon. We've got, we announced it yesterday, the R.J. Bell over under division round total over under of the decade of the 2020s. Best one so far. And uh, let's get to it, guys. We go to Kansas City, the
3: Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is coming up on Sunday right now on pregame.com. The Chiefs, the home team, a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The total in this game on pregame.com
1: is right now at 51. Now, this total could be over or it could be under. Let's break this game. I promise it's one of the two. Let's break it down. Fez? Number one factor, if you just had, not on the total, the whole game, if you just had one factor, that's all you could share with the nation, what would it be?
4: Kansas City underrated a big part of that, the fact that Mahomes missed three games, and frankly, quite a few games Mahomes played, he was not 100%, so that Kansas City offense, it looks really good in the stats, R.J., But bottom line, it's even better than what the underlying season-long stats say because of those three games with Matt Moore and those three games with the compromised Mahomes.
1: Yeah, I think that's one part of it. And you were at the forefront when it came to talking about Kansas City like four or five weeks ago. Fezzik, first one, underrated. And the rationale at the time was, listen, when Mahomes was healthy, first four games, they were 4-0. And... After that, he was banged up. Then he was out. Then he was banged up. Coming back, he got. Now listen, there's some subjectivity. It's like it's not when he wins the first game is when he get, or you know that wins that next when he's healthy. But you could see it. I mean, it was pretty visible. I thought we could debate one game or the other, but I thought it was pretty visible that he was hobbled. So what you look for in the playoffs is a time when the players, the team itself, is better now than it was across the season. So imagine a situation of Tom Brady in his prime, missed 10 games. You could blend all those stats in, but would that be the story? Or would it be how'd they play when Brady was in there? And how'd they play when Mahomes was in there? Because he finished number two in QBR this year, behind only Lamar Jackson. And Drew Brees third, by the way, for all those Drew Brees haters. And by the way... (laughs) Drew Brees had a better QBR the last four or five games than he did on the season. it was still third best. But his arm's tired. He's too old. Mm. That's what I'm hearing on the different (laughs) talk shows. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. All right. I think there's another reason Kansas City's underrated, and that's because of the defense. Brad, we talk about this in college a bunch. If you have a new coordinator or a new coach has multiple coordinators, even more so, that are different, if all you did was fade a team the first third of the season with the new coordinator. Yep. Pass them the middle third and then play on them the last third. So, pessimistic, neutral, optimistic. I think you're at 52 53%. Right there. you agree? Totally
5: agree because it's opposite of what the public does. Because at the start of the season, the public, there's all this optimism. Hey, we got a new coordinator. The last coordinator stuck. That's why we got rid of him. With yes. this new guy, By we're going to be better. That's
1: why they're getting rid of the guy yes. most of the time, right? They're usually not retiring. <laughs> yeah. Like with De Niro doing the horses at the end of casino, right? Yeah. I mean, they're usually getting run out of town. Yes. You bring the new guy in. Everyone's excited. Oh, look, they lost the game. Oh, look, they didn't cover that game. Oh, man, this guy's no good. Yep. Spagnolia is no good. But then, by the time they start getting kind of a parody where they're they're kind of familiar with their own offense, their own defense, that's when everyone's kind of off them. Yep. And then there's that point where the turn happens, where they are now playing better than they had last season, but the public's still pessimistic because this season hasn't been great. Yep. Fez, we got some numbers on this. Or, Brad, whoever wants to jump in with them. Fez, you got
4: it. Yeah, last six games, that Kansas City defense has given up 11.5 points per game. How good is that, RJ? Well, number one in the NFL year to date was the Patriots. They gave up 14 per game. So that Kansas City D, the last six weeks, has been better than any NFL team in terms of preventing their opponents from scoring.
1: And I think the bye was seven weeks back. And if you roll that seventh game in, it's still very impressive. Now, listen, points per game can be deceiving, though ultimately in the long run it matters, yep. probably the most. But in the short run it can be deceiving. Quality of competition, red zone efficiency of the opponent, which has a lot of luck. Yep. No doubt. But we looked at football outsiders, DVOA for the defense, each of the eight games or six games took the mean, the average, and they would have been eighth in football, in the NFL, eighth best defense. Now, if Kansas City has the eighth-best defense, look out. <laughs> you think? Because where, where's the offense at? Number one. Real, You got them above Baltimore. I do. It's close, but KC won. So Baltimore could be 1-2. On offense, I think you could debate it either way. And on defense, Baltimore's where for you?
4: It's a top-5 D also.
1: And Kansas City right in that same range, but a little higher. You know, eighth, we're saying. Yes. I mean, these could be two of the best teams we've seen of the decade. I mean, to me, this is probably the best, second-best team I can remember in a while. I mean, anything jump out at you? Just that
4: Kansas City, not only are they the best, second-best team, they would be the best team overall in over the last four years if it was not for Baltimore.
1: Oh, no. oh, so you have the number on that. You're saying right now Kansas City's power rating, Fezix, the Vegas perspective, you can get that. When it's released, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, that's F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. And you're saying that the rating on KC right now is higher than any other team has had in the last four years? Yes. Wow. So we literally have the two best teams, based on Fezzik's power ratings, that we've had in the last four years. Jonas, how many people think Kansas City's that good? Uh, I
3: think they've been under the radar for a little while. Um, I've thought they were the most dangerous team based on how the defense has played. A lot of the stuff that you guys have pointed out. And because there's been such a hype on Baltimore and maybe a little Mahomes fatigue, if there is such a thing, Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm.
1: feel like they've kind of flown under the radar. I I think it's that. And I think the reality is if you look at the season, they didn't look like the second best team a lot of the season. It's just our ability to say, this is what's different right here They've got their players. They've got their mature defense, understanding the scheme. Earlier, they didn't have either. First four games, they had the offense, and they were still four and zero.
4: Even without Tyreek Hill, remember he got hurt week one; he was out four games.
1: Now, how many points have you got him worth now? He's worth a point, a full point. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So to me, now that said, I think the Ravens are the better team. I really do. I think. I mean, you look at the Ravens. You look at the point differential. Look at the ATS margin, 9-1 against the spread last 10. Since they got their defense solidified, and we'll be talking about that, I think this is the best team I've seen maybe since the 2007 undefeated Patriots. And I don't think a short week for their opponent is the time, (laughs) is not going to be the time to figure out this complex, or this, let's say, a very unusual Baltimore offense. All right, it's time. I'm RJ. Bow straight out of Vegas. Now you could I don't know what division round games you've bet this decade. <laughs> but this is the best. Uh, well, total. This is the best total you're going to get. Now I'm having fun with it because we don't oversell, but I will say this. this is probably one of my five best bets of the year in the NFL. And I like over 51, over 51, Kansas City. couple reasons. One. Let's get to the obvious. Andy Reid, Brad off a buy, outstanding, and oftentimes you see it on the offensive side.
5: Yeah, over the over his entire career, Andy Reid, going back to the Philadelphia days, off a buy, sixty eight percent against the spread. R.J.
1: Pretty good and very good. And offensively, is where they pick up a lot of the. Ground. Absolutely, Andy
5: Reid, more of an offensive minded coaching and exceeding expectations by five and a half points per game.
1: And you think about it, you've got a Texans team, I would make the case perhaps one of the five or so worst playoff teams of the decade. I know that sounds like a lot of people are going to say, what? They've been outgained, Houston, outgained on the season. The opponents have more yards than the Texans. Now, usually if you get outgained, that's not a good thing. I agree. It's not like, let that guy get another 20. That's that's going (laughs) to help us. No. In in, In a given game... Uh, Yards can be deceiving. You know, everyone will say, well, the Cowboys, uh, remember that uh, Green Bay game? Yeah, okay. But over 16 games, usually the best teams. Well, by the way, Baltimore's number one in yardage differential. San Francisco's number three. By the way, the Dallas Cowboys are two. All right, think about that a second. But additionally, the Texans during the regular season, and even if you add the playoff game, have been outscored. Now, listen. Maybe we're trying to make things too complex, but the idea that you give up more yards, the Texans do, you give up more points, the Texans do, but somehow you're great or even good. No, no, no. You're supposed to be average at best. Now, I know that Deshaun Lover's out there, and I hey, listen, the guy's amazing. During our podcast, Fez gave a play-by-play of that play. He figured no one saw it. He was giving a play-by-play. We won't play that for you (laughs) because we like you. But if you look, have we looked at his career yet? Did we look at uh, Deshaun for his one score score games? 16 and
5: 11,
1: including this
5: year where they're nine and three in one score games.
1: So let me see. 16 and 11 is five. He's up six this year. So he had a below 500 record in one score games for his career. Okay. Games he started.
4: Yep. And now he goes nine and three in close games. The Texans are 11 and six on the year. If they'd just gone 50-50, like he'd done throughout his career before this year, the Texans would be 8-9. and nine.
1: and Well, they wouldn't have that ninth <laughs> game, or they wouldn't have that 17th game, right? 7-9, and nine, yes. Exactly. Some very eight. Or 8-8, and eight, right? Mm-hmm. At best. So this is an 8-8 eight and eight team. And if you want to act like Deshaun Trump's that, then why hasn't he Trumped it prior? And we're going to get to the same argument with Seattle. Now, when you have a team, there's only been seven of them, this century, when you have a team which is been outscored on the year and out-yarded on the year, and they make the division round, right? Never had a bye, so it was always a one in the first round. Seven times in a cent- or this century, 20 years or so. 0-7 straight up in the next game. 1-6 against the spread. Makes sense. You Now you've got that home team rested off a of bye, and they are ready. Yep. And if you're weak, 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 relatively compared to the other playoff teams, it's not a good spot. Oh, by the way, in those seven games, 7-0 and to the over. So now we have Andy Reid, and that effect we think pushes it over. We have the weather looks kind of bad, probably scaring some people away. But Sunday is expected to be 40 degrees, minimal wind, under 10 miles an hour, clear. And we have the opponent coach, not considered an X's and O's genius. O'Brien, would we agree? I agree. Kind of the, the, the kind of coach I think may, might be a little underrated, to be honest. They have won their division, Houston, four out of the last five years. But the fact is he's not a scheme. He's not an X's and O's guru. Yep. Andy Reid's going to exploit that. One more thing. If you have a row, or a home team that won last week, so that's Houston. Now they're on the road and they're favored by more, or in this case, they're underdogs by more than a touchdown, a touchdown or more, that goes over a, a huge amount. And the rationale there is simple, which is home team isn't super tired because they had one game, yeah, but it was a home game. So the theory is Houston's not going to be super tired, tired. So what do they try to do? They're not going to like purposely slow the game way, way down. Right? So I think that helps, but it's like 60-some percent, over so everything's pointing to the over I don't like betting what Barney at the bar is going to bet so I suggest betting this one early and I really like it we got it uh, 51's out there I think 51's the number to take I think when people start realizing the weather and you never know what's going to change but start realizing the weather I think we're looking pretty good Fez how much do you like this? I liked it enough to
4: go ahead and and get down on it with you, RJ. And I got to tell you, normally I don't like playing an over that high at 51, but let us you mentioned it, regular season, what happens in the fourth quarter? A team gets up double digits, they run the ball. Doesn't happen in the playoffs. You step on a team's throat. I expect Reed and company keep throwing.
1: That is such a key point. Both the team that's leading, if it's a big margin, and the team that's behind in the playoffs is motivated to keep going. Because even if you have a small chance – all of the Patriots in the Super Bowl, they kept going. Regular season, you don't know. The analogy would be in the NBA, playoffs, down eight, 30 seconds left. They might foul one more time, right, Fez? And then they make it three, and all of a sudden they, they're fouling another five times, whereas regular season, dribble it out. Great analogy. So I think, and with Deshaun Watson, even if they get down 21, he's going to think he can bring them back. Absolutely. came down from 16 last week. So what I would say is this. If you were only going to bet one of the halves, I would bet the second half over before the first. Because I think a lot of this has to do with I do expect Kansas City to get the lead. And if they do, I think both teams keep scoring in the second half. And if you're looking for a correlated parlay, and I think there is a correlation here, it would be obviously Kansas City and over. So the official pick of the decade, division round total, In the 2020s, (laughs) over, over Kansas City. Brad, you you got a little strange angle here.
5: Yeah, I want to be bad, RJ. I've never done this any point this season, but I want to play a seven-point teaser. And in this matchup, I want to take Kansas City and tease Kansas City seven points down from nine-and-a-half to two-and-a-half.
1: Okay, so you're getting through the key numbers of 7 and 3. Yep. You're paying the – now, what's the typical – Minus 140 for this, RJ. Oh, this is bad. You're being bad. Very bad. But let's be honest. A lot of our audience wants to be bad, too. They do. They do. So, the second piece of this is the next game we're going over, Yes, right? it is.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: In most eligible states age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply pick six not available in all states including but not limited to connecticut and new york for up-to-date list of states visit dkng.co slash pick six states void where prohibited
1: see terms at pick slash promos all right fez brad's gonna have his pick coming up here in a few minutes number one factor in the game
4: baltimore's improved defense over the course of the year rj And I was trying to figure out why was the Baltimore defense bad back in September, and it's been so good. So So when
1: you say bad, where where would you rank them after four games?
4: Oh, they were like 23. Second, they were giving up over six yards per play. And as it turned out, Baltimore had a whole lot of new starters. They had seven new starters to the defense. So the integration of those guys took some time. And then once those guys got integrated, along with them getting their cornerbacks, Peters from the Rams, and getting Smith back from injury, that combination, this defense has been dynamite. The now, last nine games, 14 points per game they're giving up.
1: Only 14 a game. And what was it? The first, uh, I guess i would be, what, seven.
4: Oh, I don't have that number, but it, I know they were below average. Yeah, it
1: was, it was much higher, no doubt about it. Now, Smith, Jimmy Smith, any relation to the Smith brothers from Green Bay? Because I know you've got deep relations there.
4: No, Zedarius and uh, Preston are
1: not related. <laughs> Zedarius and um, Preston, Preston, that's it. All right, I agree with you. So, Brad, what is your number one factor in the game? Number one
5: factor for me is I'm concerned about the effectiveness of Derrick Henry, the Tennessee running back who's the last couple of weeks has carried the ball 30-plus times in each of those two games. And if I'm Tennessee, the best way to keep the ball out of the hands of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore offense is to continue to run Derrick Henry, which we've been successful the last two weeks. So I think he'll get his carries. I'm just not so sure he's going to be that all that effective, RJ. You
1: know, we're down to the wire here doing a little deep research on this. What we know is this. Henry's never had 30-plus carries in successive games in his NFL career.
5: Only one other time had 30-plus carries prior to the last two weeks.
1: So what we're saying is even a single time. So his whole career in the NFL, one time he had 30-plus carries. Yep. Last two weeks, by the way, two road games, now a third road game. Mm, Good point. The idea of having 30-plus and 30-plus, that's unprecedented for Henry. What we're going to tell you here in a little bit when it comes off the printer is— we dove in and said, How rare is this in general? Forget Henry. How many times are guys carrying 30 plus 30 plus? It's not often. And we saw from the preliminary results that the other backs that carry the ball a bunch for two games suffered in the third game. I also think this Vrabel is getting a lot of love, right? He's got energy, he's young. He seems to be uh, at least somewhat engaged with the media. He's not, like, surly. Why aren't we hearing more? And I asked Colin Cowherd this today on our podcast, and you can get that on my Twitter tomorrow morning, at RJ in Vegas. I asked him, I said, how is it that anyone handicapping this game and Tennessee, the team, how is it that the 30-plus carries in two straight games has got to be at the front of any, any handicap. If you're ignoring that, you're ignoring the maybe the biggest story. But it was by choice. Think about it. What led to Henry in Week 17, which is the first of the last two games, what led to him having so many carries?
5: And they wanted to get him the rushing title for a single season.
1: They were at Houston, right? Yep. They were in clear command of the game. Yep. Up 14. And they kept feeding him the rock like it's—I don't even know what to explain <laughs> it, like some weird tech mode glitch back <laughs> in the day. And it's just like boom, boom. And I get it. All things equal, player friendly is great, but at a time when we know running backs and their carry load not only affects their long-term career, but affects their shorter-term career or the performance in the near term to trade effectively to trade a rushing title, or even a chance at a rushing title, they didn't know they were going to get the title, to trade that chance for a lesser chance to win in the playoffs. It's unequivocal that if Henry had carried the ball half as much in Week 17, we would be so much more optimistic about Tennessee, right? Does anyone disagree with that? Nope. And what did Vrabel get for it? A rushing title no one's going to remember. Who won the rushing title three years ago? No idea. Even Jonas probably doesn't know. Oh, I don't know, bro. Zeke, yeah. I'll take a guess. <laughs> but I'll tell you this: if you, we know who won the Super Bowl, and and it just strikes me that the balance between winning and the whole Instagram followers profile, I want to have my own shoes, kind of stuff. I get it. I'm not saying one is bad, but it's bad if it's at the expense of winning. Has anyone heard anyone discuss this? No. And Vrabel needs an answer for it to me. Maybe he's, he'll say, yeah, you know, I want my players happy. And then at least we know. I just wonder. You can't have played in the NFL and not know that 30-plus is, 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 doesn't bode well for the next game. And the fact he had 30-plus again, and it, it bears repeating. In his whole career, he's gone 30-plus one time. And now he's done it in successive weeks, carries. All right, Brad, you got your. It feels good to be bad, and it does sometimes, especially if it's after midnight. Yep. Right, mixture of drinks. If you know, if you're a drinker, and the first one, Kansas City minus two and a half, seven point lay one forty. Pick. I'm guessing here, it's some chalk.
5: Oh, it is some chalk. Same thing here. Let's go ahead and the seven-point teaser being on the Baltimore Ravens, tease them down from nine and a half down to two and a half. And this sounds even better after I heard Steve Fezik, the master of the NFL power Ratings, say that the Kansas City Chiefs, the first part of my seven-point teaser, and this one, the Baltimore Ravens, are his two highest power-rated teams in the last four years. They just got to basically win the game, aren't they? But they both win by three. We win this bet.
1: I think this is correlated with the over. To me, I think the question here is, how does Tennessee win this game? It's not with Tannehill. It's a big dose of Henry, which we think is compromised. And if, Tennessee, and, and if you look at football outsiders, Baltimore, the average lead they had when the opponent got the ball across the season, so the kickoff, the lead's going to be zero, right, to start of the game, was nine points. The number two was like seven. Baltimore, part of that defense is they've been playing from the lead. Henry's not going to be too effective if Baltimore has a big lead, and that's what's going to happen. Tannehill throwing a bunch, he'll do fine, he'll scramble some, he'll have a strip sack probably. I think if Baltimore wins, let me ask you, if Baltimore covers the nine and a half, let's say Fez, wouldn't you, if you knew that, wouldn't you auto-bet the over?
4: Yeah, it's probably fifty-five percent of the over given Baltimore covers.
1: All right, so there's a couple ways to get at this. You can be a little bit, mm, let's just say, uh, almost illegal laying 140. I mean, yeah. it's illegal. It's almost. It should be outlawed if it's yeah. not. And you can have, oh, my God, this is a like catnip for the people that like to be bad. <laughs> Wait, I get Kansas City and Baltimore, and they just got to pretty much win? Because no one ever wins by one or two points. <clears throat> yeah. And you are endorsing that, Brad. I am endorsing it. And it doesn't seem like with any regret. No, no regrets. All right, we got it off the presses. Now, these are the players this season that had the most yard or most carries in two successive games, all right? Fournette, Chris Carson, Chris Carson again, McCaffrey, Elliott one game or a group of two, Murray, Cook, and Carlos Hyde. If you look at their season stats and compare them to how they do in the third game, so that's what Henry has right now, right? Two games with a bunch of carries, And now what's he going to do in the third? On average, per carry, these backs, these high-usage backs, suffered by a half-yard per game or half-yard per carry. Half-yard per carry. So, Fez, 4.0 yards, that's average. 4.5 means you're one of the best running teams in football. That half-yard's gigantic every time he touches the ball. If he gets the ball 30 times... It's going to be 15 extra yards or 15 yards he didn't get.
4: So we expect Derrick Henry to go from an elite best in the league running back to an average back. Yes, RJ.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern,
0: 3 p.m. Pacific. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
7: Higher Ratings, and Consumer Reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports.
6: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance
0: and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your
1: BBC podcasts, if you dare. I'll tell you this, just Fezzik's best bats coming, just so you know what kind of man he is, and you might be appalled by this, <laughs> but you might think that's who I want to bat with. There's a fellow, we got, I got a new mic, Brad has a new mic, you know, we're having some fun with it, but we haven't built a set around, you know, we just need a set builder to come in. We had a fellow named Esteban. He built a set for us six years ago. He built, built a set for us 18 months ago. And Fezzik probably met him three times. I say Esteban is coming next week. He goes, who? And it, like, it took me like three minutes to explain who it was. And finally he waved his hand and goes, oh, that's the help. You've got to win bets to have silver spoons, though. Let's be candid. Life
3: behind the gated community. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, before we get to this best bet from Steve Fezzik, behind his gated community, I want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,600 AutoZone locations. Get in the zone. AutoZone, it is the last of our four-game preview in the NFL's divisional playoffs. It's the finale on Sunday night, where the Packers right now are four-and-a-half-point favorite. It's hosting the Seahawks.
4: I like Green Bay minus the four and a half, and I bet Green Bay. Seattle is overrated. RJ, you picked up on this before. I think anybody else. Well,
1: we'll see, right? Because if they make the championship yeah. game, I think a lot of people's gonna be chirping on Twitter. Well, they've all. That.
4: Yeah, they certainly. Seattle's already been leaking oil here at the end of the year. They're 11 and 2 in close games decided by one score. So, Seattle overall is 12 and 5. But the only reason they're 12 and 5 is because they've won all of these close games. And let's face it, even the playoff win at Philly, they're fortunate that Wait, went. Wait,
1: you didn't hear Wentz winning a matter. That's what everyone said. <laughs> they would have won without Wentz. And as it turns with Wentz? out, even as it turns out, McCown came in. He was playing with a torn hamstring in the second half as well. well when you're over 40, it's hard to tell.
5: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> now, what I will say is this Brad, you had an amazing stat. Seattle has tied now only one other team, the 2015 Broncos, have had this many one-score wins in a season. That
5: is correct. Only the Broncos of that year have had this many one-score wins.
1: So this is effectively the luckiest team tied in the history of the NFL. You might say, luck, it's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, before this season, was three games below 500 in one-score games. So I trust the longer stats. He's like everyone else.
4: And there's a huge matchup edge in this game. How do you beat Green Bay? You run all over them. You run through them. Well, there's no running backs left for Seattle to do that. And Seattle if you look at
1: the yards per carry last game, it was like 1.1 or something with their key back.
4: Right. For both Lynch and for Homer, they've got no one who can accomplish that and take advantage of the Green Bay weakness.
1: So your best bet? Is on Green Bay minus the 4.5. And, and remember something, guys. The home field advantage for Green Bay is maybe the best in the NFL. Seattle and them. Now Seattle is seven and one on the road this year, but over the course of the last three years, last five years, they're not a great road team. Seattle. I trust the longer term stats again. Right? Great point. This is really about: do you trust the seven and one, or do you trust that they're an average road team, or at least considering how good the team has been, they're not a superior road team. Do you trust that Russell Wilson over his career is just a few games over five hundred close games, even now? Or do you trust this season with the historic amount of close wins? I always want to trust, if it's apples to apples, the bigger stats. And by the way, guys, my total, we'll give it here, but podcast has the analysis, if you didn't hear it, over in Kansas City, my favorite. But I'm in a $5,000 charity challenge on radio in New York, and I'm up a half a game. So the stakes are high right now, heads up. And I have Green Bay. So on the side I agree with Fez. Remember, that home field advantage is even more so because of the surface of the field. And Green Bay's surface, if it does snow, drizzle, anything, it takes even more being familiar with that surface. Green Bay's edge goes up if the weather's bad at home. I agree with Fez's best bet, Green Bay.
2: Zumo Play.